You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 255. Welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. It's the beginning of 2019 as I record this podcast, and I can't help but wonder what the new year will bring. How about you? I've heard a lot of discussion about setting goals versus New Year's resolutions, and most of it, to be honest, is all pretty self-centered. Slimming down, making professional progress, decluttering, traveling more, etc. Of course, I am not opposed to setting goals at all. I think life can pretty much slip us by if we're not intentional about things. And I intentionally actually read through the Bible every year. And I read along with a group of online friends in a Facebook group managed by my friend, Keith Farron. He's hosting his 10th annual Rapid Bible Read-Through. And so if I read my Bible about 45 minutes a day, and this is using the bite of read and keep on reading and just uh, not stopping to take notes and underlining and highlighting and really um, pondering as much as just kind of taking it all in big story in a big story sort of way and reading for time, not for chapters, uh, then I can read through the entire Bible in about three months or four months or eight months like I did last year. I mean, <laughs> I made it, right? So uh, if if I was able to do 45 minutes a day, it's, it's I can be done in about three to four months. So the Rapid Bible read-through has actually become a part of the rhythm of my life, and it's transformed my knowledge and application of God's Word because I've read through the Bible, and I say that it's can become part of the rhythm because it's become less of a goal for me each year and has begun to be just something I do every year. I don't decide at the beginning of the year, okay, am I going to do this or not? I've just become part of what I do. And I have to believe that has helped me help you on your Bible reading journey because I'm in it more and I've, um, I've, I've, it helps me with the big picture and all of that. And I'll link to the group. If you want to learn more about the Rapid Bible Read-Through group and jump on in, I mean, uh, I would love to have you be part of the group that I'm a part of as well. Now, the thing about the Bible Read-Through is that I generally start at the beginning uh, in Genesis, where the first four words are, in the beginning, God. You see, because the Bible is all about God and everything that was created was made by God and for God. And God's name and his renown is what matters, his glory. But when we approach a new year or a new project or a new season, is his glory always our priority? Well, Casting Crown song, Only Jesus, helps us consider a self-centered legacy versus God's glory and in concept leads us to scripture. So I'm ready, aren't you? Uh, before we get into it, let's listen. admit it's hard for me. I mean, I want to be known 
because I believe what God is saying through me is impacting lives. And so listeners write me and they message me encouraging words about how you are getting baptized, how you are reading your Bible more, how you're using the tools I share in your Bible studies. So if I'm better known, then the more people will hear the message and read their Bible, right? Well, maybe. I mean, it's a slippery path for me if I'm really being honest with you. I'm not like the one in five millennials I read about in a recent study who would quit their job to become famous. I don't want to be famous, but the download numbers of the podcast stare me in the face every week. There's a tension there. And the thing is that I really do want God's glory alone, or at least I want to only want God's glory alone. May the audiences I reach in my lifetime say, I can't remember her name, but that girl helped me read my Bible more, and the Holy Spirit met me there, and now I have a vibrant walk with Christ where before I was pretty lukewarm. Now, fame has become the idol of our day and age, and while it is not made of wood and gold, it is equally as destructive when we put our trust in it. So Psalm 115 takes on this idea of legacy, maybe not specifically with the same word, but I think you'll see the theme there uh, with me. Let's head over there because it starts off with this verse, number verse one, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory because of your kindly loving kindness, because of your truth. Yes, Lord, this is my prayer. Not to Michelle Nizat, O Lord, not to me, but to your name I give glory. Why? Because of his loving kindness and truth. Now, the next verse is pretty indicative of how our culture handles things these days. We live in a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately kind of world. And it looks like the ancient world probably struggled with this same issue because verse 2 says, Why should the nation say, Where now is their God? Now, in Psalm 114, just one psalm back, you can read um, a psalm about God's deliverance of his people from 430 years of captivity in Egypt. I mean, splitting the Red Sea open was a pretty big deal, a miracle that we can point to even today because it really happened. And we serve a God who can, and of course did, split an entire body of water open for his chosen ones to walk through on dry land. That's our God. He rescued Israel and he rescued us, not just from a land of slavery, but from a life of slavery to sin through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. So to be honest, if he never did anything else for us, it should be enough. But there's more. Hebrews chapter 7 teaches that um, Jesus lives forever. In verse 24, he has a permanent priesthood. Verse 25, therefore, he is able to save completely those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to intercede for them. Jesus is interceding for us. He is an active role between us and the Father. Such a high priest truly befits us. One who is holy, innocent, undefiled, set apart from sinners, and exalted above the heavens. Unlike the other high priests, he does not need to offer daily sacrifices, first for his own sins and then for the sins of the people. He sacrificed for sin once for all when he offered up himself. 
once for all, okay? But we want once for all and for all and more, please, right? We're just a more, more, more kind of people, or at least I am. So let's head back over to our psalm because it offers a solid contrast between God and idols. Now, comparing and contrasting is one of my Bible interaction tool exercises. I call these bites. And another bite we can use here is the bite of making a list. Now, we can make our lists and then compare and contrast them. You see how I did that? (laughs) All right. I highly recommend writing this out so you could actually take a piece of paper or a napkin or a scratch piece of paper, make a T-chart on that paper, put God in one column and idols in the other. Now, we already have a couple of characteristics of God that we found in verse 1 to add to our God list. We, We found that he's loving kindness is one of his characteristics and truth. So let's read on to verse 3. But our God is in the heavens. He does whatever he pleases. So God is not only truth and characterized by loving kindness. He is in the heavens and he does whatever he pleases. And I kind of think that this is implying all powerful or omnipotent. Okay. The next four verses then describe idols. Let's read about it. Verse 4, 5, 6, and 7. Their idols are silver and gold, the work of man's hands. They have mouths, but they cannot speak. They have eyes, but they cannot see. They have ears, but they cannot hear. They have noses, but they cannot smell. They have hands, but they cannot feel. They have feet, but they cannot walk. They cannot make a sound with their throat. All right. So let's start our idols list. We've got God's characteristics on one side and then idols on the other. Silver and gold, work of man's hands, mouths but cannot speak, eyes but cannot see, ears but cannot hear, noses but cannot smell, hands but cannot feel, feet but cannot walk, and cannot make a sound with their throat. That's what I wrote in the column under idols. Now here comes the kicker. Verse 8, those who make them will become like them, everyone who trusts in them. All right, so whether you make the idol or you just trust in the idol, you will become like the idol. So let's consider this in light of our song. If fame or legacy is our idol, what is the danger? Well, we can become lifeless and ineffective. I think that's pretty much what this is describing. But you could actually spend some time here and pray through and journal about what what is God trying to show you here about the things that we worship that are not real. These idols, this or this idea of fame or legacy is one of them. Now it seems like the idol, now of course if you are struggling with your own idol in your own life, you can just insert idol here. We are using this song to head over to Psalm 115. So that's really, you don't have to link it to the song. I'm, I'm linking it to the song this way. Um, but once you're here in Psalm 115, God's speaking to you very specifically. I want you to listen to him. So it seems like the idol has all of the parts necessary to be like God, all right? Like God, who is described, by the way, is doing whatever he pleases. The thing is that they can not, not only can they not do whatever they please, they can't do anything. They have the semblance of God-likeness, but they are not gods. And here's a quick side note that did not escape my notice as a podcaster and a writer and a speaker. You see, speaking gets two points on this list. You've got this mouths but cannot speak and then like cannot make a sound with their throat. To be honest, I don't have anything really profound to say about that right now, but I have it tucked into my ponder more column in my mind. And God, what are you trying to say here section of my thinking? I found it interesting 
that the speaking and then cannot make a sound. It's, it's said twice. So I'm pondering that. All right, let's keep reading. We can add some more to our God list in verse 9. Oh, Israel, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. Oh, house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. All right, so the list. Uh, God on the God side, truth characterized by loving kindness in the heavens does whatever he pleases. And we can add, he is our help and he is our shield. So rather than trusting in idols who are lifeless and ineffective and, and thus becoming like them, we are called to trust in the Lord. This is that con- comparing, comparing, comparing that the scripture is trying to get us to do. And, um, why? Because of all the things that are on our list. And ultimately, because he, God, helps us and protects us. Now, whenever you see repetition in the Bible, you need to pay attention. So this call to trust is first made to Israel, the set-apart people of God. Like, it's the same phrase three times. Did you notice that? So that first call is made to Israel. They, they are the set-apart people of God. They are set apart by an everlasting covenant. Then to the house of Aaron. Well, why call out Aaron? Because isn't Aaron a part of the people of Israel? Well, yes, but the house of Aaron held a special role in the house of Israel. So if you don't know much about Aaron, uh, who was the first high priest or the high priest during the Exodus, time of the Exodus, I guess I should say, then this is the perfect time to head on over to Exodus and start reading about him. He was Moses's brother and he played a significant role in the Exodus and beyond toward the promised land. Here's a spoiler alert. He doesn't get in, but the house of Aaron is a house of priests. Now, did you know that if you are a believer, a follower of Christ, the New Testament describes us as priests? In 1 Peter chapter 2, it says, You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. So this sounds very, very, very much like the Old Testament, house of Israel and house of Aaron, is, doesn't it? As a result, I'm still reading in verse 9, you can show others the goodness of God, for he has called you out of the mist into his wonderful light. Once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. So as priests, that was verse 9 and 10, by the way, uh, of First Peter chapter 2. So as priests, we are called to bring glory to ourselves. No, we are to show others the goodness of God. We're to point to God, God's glory alone. We lead others to the throne of God in worship and glory giving. And um, isn't it such a, and we have that example that we just read earlier in Hebrews too, of the, our great high priest, Jesus, and his characteristics as well, um, being a royal priest ourselves, we could look to him to um, point to God because he was always about giving glory to God. Then as, and in case you haven't covered this by the first two moment, the psalmist says it a third time when he says, anyone who fears the Lord should trust in the Lord because he is our help and shield. So let's keep reading. Verse 12, the Lord has been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. And he will bless those who fear the Lord, the small together with the great. So let's go back to compare and contrast. In verse 2, the people around ask, where is their God? Now, we're not 100% sure when this psalm was written, but it's quite possible that it was written during the Babylonian captivity. It kind of makes sense, right? That the people are living in a foreign land, 
surrounded by lifeless idols, the mocking of those who worship those lifeless idols. And this was not the generation who experienced firsthand the exodus. Uh, The Babylonians were wealthy and successful and in their minds did not have a need for a God that rescues and especially one that seemed to be unable or unwilling to rescue the Israelites from their current captivity. But the psalmist reminds uh, the people that their current circumstances do not define their God. Can I say that again? The psalmist reminds the people, he reminds us that our current circumstances do not define our God. The, the psalmist said God has been and he will. He has been mindful of us. They are not forgotten and he will bless us. He's been mindful and blessed in the past, and he is mi- continues to be mindful and will bless in the future. And did you know that? notice that the psalmist repeats the three categories again, the, the house of Israel, the house of Aaron, and those who fear the Lord? And although it should catch our eye anytime something gets repeated in Scripture, we do need to remember that what psalms are. They are songs. So sometimes we repeat lyrics in songs. And in the modern format of songs, there's a chorus that gets repeated. And oftentimes it is the only part of the song that's remembered with any clarity. So I do think that the repetition might be some sort of like an exclamation point that the author wants us to remember. Or it might just be kind of the lyrical prose of um, if by repeating it, it just sounds nice in the song. So let's not forget to add to our list on the God side. However, uh, God is mindful of us and he will bless us. So if you're making that list, or I know you are, because so, I asked you to pull it out, make a list. Um, go back and make a list and add mindful of us and will bless us. Now, that is not taking something out of context. That is who God is despite our own failures. You see, our lives will not be without consequence. The disobedience of Israel led to their captivity. But despite their foolishness, God was mindful and God did bless because that's his character. So this is a characteristic of God. Now let's finish out the rest of the psalm in verse 14 through 18. May the Lord give you increase, you and your children. May you be blessed of the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. The heavens are the heavens of the Lord, but the earth he has given to the sons of men. The dead do not praise the Lord, nor do any who go down into silence. But as for us, we will bless the Lord from this time forth and forever praise the Lord. And the psalmist psalmist finishes out with a prayer of blessing. And the prayer for increase kind of reminds me of God's original plan for us to begin with, to be fruitful and multiply. I love what Charles Spurgeon talks about in the treasury of David when expositing this psalm. He speaks of spiritual children, those who come to Christ because our lives point to God's glory and the work of Christ. And so, yes, Lord, may you give us increase, us and our spiritual children as well. May you increase us in the land just like you did the Israelites. And we can add two more things to our God list. Verse 15 reminds us that God is maker of heaven and earth. And it's a reminder to us that there is nothing God cannot do. Remember, our God is in the heavens and he does what he pleases. We, we talked about that already. It's not saying that God is far away, uh, but rather that he is omnipotent, all powerful over all. And while he is over all, he has given dominion to us as well. You know, verse 16 reminds us of that. The heavens are the heavens of the Lord, but the earth he has given to the sons of men. We can read all the way about that all the way back in Genesis chapter 1. We were given dominion over things on the earth. And then finally in verse 17, that compare and contrast comes to an end. And then a final declaration. The dead do not praise the Lord, nor do any who go down in silent. And here's the contrast. 
as for us, we will bless the Lord from this time forth and forever. Praise the Lord. Those dead idols that we've been talking about, they don't praise the Lord. The dead people who trust in them, they don't praise the Lord. But we who are alive in Christ, we will bless the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. That will be our legacy. Praise the Lord. So what's next? Well, read Psalm 115 and make a list of God's characteristics and a, char- a list of the characteristics of idols. And then ultimately, don't remember, don't forget that any of the characteristics of the idols are, can ultimately be um, applied to those who trust in them. Then compare and contrast what you see in the two lists. Feel free to follow a side path of reading about Aaron in Exodus and beyond to understand a little bit more about the house of Aaron mentioned in this psalm. Uh, Consider the idols in our day and age. Perhaps fame or legacy is an idol that has seeped into your life, threatening to dethrone Christ as king of kings of your heart. Declare with our song this week and through prayer, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name, give glory. And while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at michellekneezat.com. Hop on Twitter at michellekneezat or Instagram at michellekneezat or on Facebook, Michelle L. Nizat. And let's talk about what you're learning. Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to thank my newest subscribers to my website, like Michelle from Tennessee, Deanna from Iowa, Janet from Georgia, Megan from Arizona, Hannah from Louisiana, Brenda from North Carolina, Nora from California, Marissa from Tennessee, Sylvette from Puerto Rico, Mark from New York. Welcome. And new subscribers to my website benefit from a one-page resource of my top five bites that I've used on the podcast. It's a really great place to start. Subscribers will also benefit from an email that I send once a week. And in that email, you get a weekly memory verse resource to display in your smartphone, tablet, desktop, or you can print it out. You also get an email recap of the week's episode. And you get instant access to any of the extra resources I create for my episodes from time to time. It's just my way to say thank you for listening. So head over to michellekneezat.com to subscribe today. And have you had a chance to write a review in iTunes for the podcast yet? Uh, This not only encourages me, of course, but helps me stay visible to new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Of course, you can listen to the podcast through iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. We are also on Joy 103.1 every Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern. You can follow us on Spotify or through Stitcher Radio or your podcast listening app of choice. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will be using Shattered by Blanca to jump into scripture. If you liked this episode, however, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneezat.com forward slash 255. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.